This is Victory House. All right, let's open our Bibles to the Word of God this morning. Oh, Lord. And we're going to read from Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. In, um, in the month of um, November, we've been talking about world overcomer. Because we got that from 1 John chapter 5 verse 4. The Bible said that um, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So our faith, our faith can give us uh, a victory that is not just local, that is worldwide in nature. And so uh, that's what we'll be looking at all throughout this month and uh, I'll continue in that same regard this morning. And so... Matthew chapter 14, we'll read from verse 22 uh, downwards. The Bible said, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. I declare that in the name of Jesus, the Son of the living God, every wind that is against your life, let it hear the word of God, peace in the name of Jesus. So shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage or fear not. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, <laughs> he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? May the Lord bless the reading of his word in our hearts in Jesus' name. So this morning, I, I would like to title what I will be talking about, the God kind of faith. The God kind of faith. We've been talking about the fact that uh, there is something, uh, there is a facility in God that helps us to overcome, meaning that there will be challenges in life. In this story that we read, the Bible said there was... Um, wind that was contrary to what was supposed to be there was wind that was contrary to the people that were in their boat there was wind that was contrary there was an adverse effect 
And there are many times in our lives, there are things that are happening that are not in our favor. It does not mean God is not present. It means that if we allow God, God will superimpose himself on that situation and subdue it. If you're listening to me this morning, I declare, every wind that is adverse against you, let it hear the word of God and peace be still in the name of Jesus. So whenever you see trouble, I personally believe the womb inside trouble is miracle. So trouble should not always be something you should think that when it comes, you are, you are running elter-skelter. You need to understand that inside of trouble, God has miracles there. So every time you face situations you don't understand, you may not know the way how, you need to get uh, uh, to this point where you settle it in your mind that the God we serve is the God that knows how to turn obstacle to miracles, uh, how to turn mess to message, uh, how to turn what looks like a setback and God can use it to be a setup uh, for a comeback. Uh, so our God tries on turning around trouble. So as a child of God, trouble will come. Even if you are not a child of God, trouble will come. It is part of the deal. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, when God cursed this earth, it meant that trouble was the default. In fact, when things are going normal, it's not the default. It is when things are all over the place that is the default. So the default here on earth is trouble. And that's why we need to understand what we are talking about. So, in this story, we see that the, the wind was against them. Or there was trouble. But out of that trouble, God brought about a miracle. We saw Jesus walk on water. He even made Peter walk on water. And even when Peter wanted to sink, Jesus pulled him out. I'm declaring over you. In that very trouble, maybe people know about it. Maybe people don't know about it. I'm asking God to bring out a miracle. In this season, in the name of Jesus. Will you say loud and clear? Say, it's my season of two months. Like two years. In Jesus' name. Also in this story we see that Jesus is our example and there are many, many things that Jesus did that he didn't do it so that he would show us the superstar nature of himself but he did it so that he would show us that it is also possible for you to do it. When the Bible said Jesus walked on water, Jesus didn't do anything in his ministry just for chance. He was not walking on water to show, look, I have superhero powers so that I can walk on water. No, he wanted to communicate a message. And the message was this, what I have done, what I am doing, you can do also. What I have done, what I am doing, you can do also. Because there are many of us, we kind of have agreed that God is a miracle working God. We have agreed that God can work miracle through some kind of people, but we have excused ourselves. But when we see Jesus, Jesus is telling you, look, I work with ordinary guys to do extraordinary things. So if you think you are an ordinary guy, if you think you are just a regular guy, you are the kind of guy that Jesus is talking about. You are the kind of guy that Jesus wants to use. You are the kind of person that Jesus wants to use their situation to bring glory to his name. So don't think of it that I have to be Jesus. I have to be one spectacular somebody. I I can be Peter who one, one time today I am very hot and the other time I am very cold or all over the place. I can be uh, 
seemingly unstable, but God can still do something through me. God can still do miracle to me. So Jesus shows us in this story that I can, I, I'm setting for you an example. And the example I'm setting for you is this. What I have done, you can do too. So whenever you are looking at the scriptures, whenever you are reading the Bible, don't read it like a storybook. Whenever you see Jesus do something, understand the principles that come from whatever Jesus has done and know that if Jesus did it, I can do it. So when I go to work too, me too, I can also walk on water. Can somebody say amen to that? So we see here because Jesus could have told Peter when Peter said, Jesus, if you are the one, Tell me to walk on water. And Jesus could have said, you don't even respect yourself. <laughs> because I sit with you. They said they didn't know the difference between us. Don't you know I'm Jesus? Excuse me. I don't have a father. You, I know your father. Is he not Simon, son of Jonas? Yeah, son, Simon, son of Jonas. So, we know your father. Me, the Holy Ghost gave birth to me. And I always pray. You, you, is it this kind of your, you go and fish today, you come to church tomorrow that you will be walking on water? You, is, that, is that how they walk on water? Water. Uh, I was going to say water. Come. <laughs> is it only water? <laughs> it's watery that you walk on. So Jesus could have brought him down. But Jesus was saying, showing us in this scripture that look, it does not take much to do to do big things with God. It just takes you holding on to the hand of God and letting him move you and you will find that you, the ordinary you, at work you will do extraordinary things. There are things that when you are finished working on it, you now discover that Alas, I was walking on water. I pray for somebody listening to me this morning. Something is going to change about you and extraordinary things will now be a norm with you in Jesus' name. Another thing I see in this story as I begin to move towards what I want to say this morning is that Jesus will not force you to do what he can help you to do. There are some times Jesus knows that there is a possibility or God knows that there is a possibility unless you explore that possibility or unless you bring your participation into that possibility. That possibility may remain an impossibility. Remember that in this story, it was not only Peter that was there. The Bible said all of them said it was a ghost. All of them were afraid. They were uh, crying and only one of them did something that all of them did not do. Meaning that it is possible to be around Jesus and still be suffering. It is possible to be around Jesus when possibilities are inevitable when you are around him. But you are living in impossibility. Because what you have done is that you have relinquished your own responsibility to him. That means that if Jesus is walking on water, for me to walk on water, I have to do some things. There are some things I have to do. There, are some, there is a part I have to play so that I will join him to walk on the water. If I don't play my part, I will remain in the boat like the other disciples. You know Jesus brought Peter out of the water when he was sinking and all of that. But Jesus did not ask, why didn't your other friends come into on the water too? Why did everybody come on the water? Because there are many things that, because the way God has designed this kingdom, there is the power of choosing. There is something about you making a choice that I want God to be involved. 
In fact, usually when we pray, when we fast, one of the things that prayer and fasting communicates to God is that I am choosing for your involvement. Because every time you think about uh, talking to God, communicating with God, doing things with God, there is no time that you are telling God what he does not know. Do you want to come to God who knows everything and when you are praying, that's the first time he knew about the problem? The God that before he even formed you, you already knew about the problem. So why are we praying? Why are we even saying anything? The reason why we are praying, the reason why we are fasting is because that shows to God that we are choosing him to get involved. Because sometimes you'll be surprised. Some people don't want God to get involved. They want God to know about it, but they are not necessarily wanting him to be involved. So when we choose to get God involved, God begins to do amazing things in our lives. And then Jesus makes Peter walk on water. Then there's something Jesus said toward the end of this whole event that happened when Peter was trying to walk on water and eventually drowned in in verse 31 the bible says and immediately jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him oh you of little faith why did you doubt so jesus was saying here or you can understand from here that it was faith that made peter to walk on water the first time now when peter was beginning to sink Jesus now say, you suspended your faith. Or you are still not, you didn't continue to use your faith. That's why you were sinking. And so, all throughout this month, we've said faith in different ways. And this morning, I just want to say a few things that will help you to appreciate faith or walk in faith better by knowing what faith is not. Because sometimes, people do not understand a thing until they understand what it is not. And so this morning, I will say a few things that faith is not. Because if Peter was sinking because Jesus said, why did you doubt? Then that means that there are some things that faith may not be. One thing I want to tell you this morning that faith is not, is that faith is not foolish. Can somebody say amen to that? <laughs> faith is not foolish. Many times, many of God's people have Thought that faith means this, this is foolish. We don't use our sense. There's no wisdom to it. It's just when you think about it, it is not faith. For example, I have met church people. You know, I grew up within the Redeemed Christian Church of God and we have advanced. We have, we have evolved. But when I was a little kid, one of our doctrines, and we still believe in it. We believe in, you know, uh, living a life without medications, just dependence on medication. So when I was a young person, I'm still a young person, excuse me. <laughs> but the first time I took medicine in my life, I was around 18. There was no medicine, you know. No, no, maybe they vaccinated me. I need to even find that out. <laughs> I think they did. They did the vaccination part. But so we believed no medicine. If God, if you are believing God for healing, if you have faith in the God that heals, what it means is that you must not use any medication because you are now showing that you don't have faith. But we have evolved. Amen to Jesus. We now understand that it is not that you don't have faith when you do things in the natural that you can do. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. 
So if it's in the natural, I can do some things. For example, I am a student. I want to write an exam. I, I am having faith that God will make me succeed in that exam. You know it is foolishness for me not to study and expect faith to make me to pass that exam. Can somebody say amen to that? So, if Jesus is saying, Peter, why did you doubt? Maybe he's saying, Peter, you, you, uh, uh, faith is not foolish. Because sometimes people do foolish things and think it is faith. Uh, and we have all kinds of foolish things that we do as church people. Sometimes even some of the things that we say, it's not that we have believed the word of God. We just say word mindlessly and then use it as a dismissal of the reality. We use words to dismiss dismiss ourselves from what is happening. So faith is not foolish. That's one of the things you need to know. If there are things you can do in the natural and you don't do them and expect God to just wave a magic wand, you will may suffer the consequences for it. Can I tell you this? And you need to understand it really clearly. The norms of God are not necessarily miracles. You need to understand that. Yes, God is a miracle God. But what God wants to do, he wants to make miracles normal. So, he doesn't just want to be doing uh, random events once in a while type thing. He wants to walk you through some systems and some principles where there are many things that look like miracles the first time they happen that will be happen uh, with time. And that's why many times that even when medical science finds some breakthrough, it is from heaven. Can somebody say amen to that? Because the Bible said the secret things belong unto God. The things which are revealed. There was a time in this world that malaria was a terminal disease. Right? Why is it now that malaria can be so-called cured or healed? Because God revealed it. And I believe that in God. By, by, by medicine and by a release of a dimension of the supernatural, that cancer too will become that. Yeah. I thought somebody would say better amen to that. Yeah. So then that means that faith is not anti-things that are natural. In fact, some people think natural is against God. Who made natural? Can somebody answer? God made it. Because when we talk about the supernatural, many people think that the supernatural is some spooky. Yes, God wants to break in and show his power and all of that kind of thing. But even the natural things that you are calling natural, he made it. He made it. And in that natural thing, if there are things that you need to do, you need to do them. You know, I was sharing with people this week that I've always wondered why is it that when Jesus was born, and then you know those guys that wanted to give him gifts, and then they went to meet Herod, and they were saying, where is Jesus? Where is he that was born king? And the Bible said, an angel came to these wise men at night and told them, don't go back to him. Go back another way. You know, if some of us are God, we're in the Godhead, we will go back there. We'll go and say, yes, we have found Jesus. His house number is so, 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 so. You know that's foolish. And that's how sometimes church people do. And sometimes you see sometimes when God is still working on some things, it's already on Facebook. It's already on Instagram. Faith is not foolish. 
because if God is helping you, if God is working on something, you are not scared of them, but you know that some things, when you don't wait for it to mature, it is easier to kill that thing before it materializes. Faith is not foolish. And so some people, they think faith, if I believe in God, I can do anything. If you do anything, you will suffer anything. And God will comfort you. You know, God has ministries. <laughs> He's a healer. He's also a comforter. If you are stupid, he will comfort you. The Bible says... <laughs> so, that's why you, you need to understand, faith is not foolish. Faith is not foolish. When they wanted to kill children, after that time that the first time that they were trying to kill children because they were looking for Jesus, the uh, wise men, there was a time they wanted to... That, actually, that event of um, the wise men led to the fact that they should go and be killing babies. You know what God told them? Take the child to Egypt. Ah, some of us would have... I, I mean, this is Jesus, the son of the living God. In the destiny of Jesus, there is death. Jesus came to die. So why would God be hiding Jesus from death? And remember that later, when Jesus became an adult, there was a time they wanted to kill him. The Bible said they wanted to throw him headlong and he walked in through the midst of the... Why didn't God do those kind of things when he was a baby? Why did God say they should carry the baby to Egypt? Faith is not foolish. Can somebody say faith is not foolish? So that, that means that there are things that when it is natural, when you know some things that are naturally made plain, whether through scripture or through just common knowledge and common sense, you are better well doing it than tempting God. Some people, in the name of faith, when you fast, you don't break well. Faith is not foolish. If you do that, you are going to suffer the consequences of it. Some people in the name of faith, they will not sleep well. They will abuse their body. They will eat the wrong thing. They will do the wrong thing. They will, and they will think, God is my healer. No, sir. Faith is not foolish. So when we are believing in God, when we are talking about faith in God, we are not talking about being foolish. So if there is any act of foolishness that you have performed or you are performing, I pray for you this morning that God will bring you away out of foolishness in the name of Jesus. In fact, many of the times you need to be asking God, what are the foolish things I'm doing? Because some, sometimes... What we are doing is undoing what God is doing. There's a way we can be using our own hands to hurt what God is doing. So, first thing I want to say this in that regard is this. Faith is not foolish. Faith is not foolish. Let me move on. Another thing that we need to understand here, and all this we, we also see in that story that we just read, is that faith is not facts. Faith is not facts. I, I need to say that because when I said faith is not foolish, many people now would now think it now means that faith is fact. That means that I just need to work with only empirical data. I just need to work with only the things that I know and I see. I need to just work with only the things that the doctor says. If the doctor says that, well, the, 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 the sperm count is low, uh, the womb cannot hold baby, then that means that is it because faith is not foolish. So I don't want to be a foolish person. No. Faith is not also fact because there are some times that a specific thing that you have received as information in the natural is subject to another truth of the word of God that superimposes itself on that fact that nullifies or makes that fact not relevant where you are concerned. So faith is not fact. 
Faith is not what you have been told. Faith is not just what you have seen in the physical. Faith is not just what you can prove in the physical. For example, in that story, the fact is that when you stand on water, you will sink. You don't float on water like that. I mean, people swim, but even when they swim, they are lying down and they are performing a lot of things that make them. You don't stand on water with your leg and your leg is on top of the water as if you are standing on ice. No, you sink. And to show you that the fact of standing on water is to go down, later on the guy started to go down. But faith is still not fact. Faith is not just that I, this is all that they have told me. And, and, and that's why when you talk about faith, we were talking about that on Wednesday. The, the, the body of knowledge of faith is the word of God. Because when you internalize the word of God so much, it helps you to filter fact and to know the fact that is contradicting the truth of the word of God. And now let that truth of the word of God superimpose itself on that fact. So faith is not fact. So if you have received a fact on your health, I have come this morning to tell you there is a truth of the word of God that is greater than that fact. If you have received a legal fact, if there is a legal fact around your life, there is a truth of the word of God that is bigger than that legal fact. If you have received a, a, a career fact, maybe on paper, things are not supposed to be possible again for you because of a career fact, you need to understand that the truth of the word of God is greater than that very fact. So faith, even though faith is not foolish, we need to understand that we cannot dwell in the realm of empirical data alone. Uh, what I can see, what I can touch, what I can feel, what I can count. There is something much more than that and it is the truth of the word of God. Because as soon as Peter, uh, Jesus spoke and said, come, it's as if that word come suspended the fact sink. You know there was sink. Sink was the normal. Sink was the fact. If I step out of the boat and enter into water, I go down. As soon as Jesus said, come. Come created concrete. And when Peter stepped out, Peter stepped on come. And if Peter remained on come, he would still be going. If Peter doesn't leave come and go to fact of sink, he will still be going. Because that's what Jesus told him. Jesus told him in verse 31, why did you leave where you started from? You started from the truth of the word come. If you stay with that truth of the word come, you will still be floating. You will be walking. Because me, Jesus, I'm standing on come. I'm not looking at this contrary wind. I'm not looking at any other thing. I am standing on the very truth of the word of God that says come. And that's what you should be standing on. If you remain on that on that truth you will superimpose that truth on the fact and i pray for somebody every fact that is against the word of god in your life let them bow down to the truth of the word in the name of jesus so faith is not foolish but faith is not fact let me add this to it faith is not fiction this is very interesting i think this is where many church people lie fiction the world of fiction Faith is not fiction. I believe a fiction is a derivative or the imagination or creation of another mind. A fiction is something that is made up. Faith is not something that is made up. In fact, usually fictions or myths are derived from half-truths. What happened to somebody else? Remember that Jesus was walking on water. 
But if Peter did not ask Jesus to release a word, if there was no word of God backing what Peter needed to do, it would become a myth. Because it would be copycat action. And faith is not a copycat action. Faith is not because this person did it, I will do it, I will have the same result. Because if you look all through scriptures, you will see situations where people have thought that because so and so did it, I will also do it. Remember the sons of Skivers. They went, they, they knew that Paul used to cast out demons. And they saw somebody that was demon possessed. And they said, look, we are going to do a copycat. I know that this is the way Paul cast out uh, demons. He will say in the name of Jesus. So they now say in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. I mean, if it is working for Paul, it will work for us. The Bible said the demon possessed beats those people. Because faith is not just a copycat action. Because I saw somebody doing it, I'm also going to do it. I understand that testimonies should inspire us. But when testimony inspires us, it needs to inspire, inspire us to go to the same source. We have to be able to connect to the same source. Not to that experience or that testimony. Because if you connect to that experience or that testimony, for you, it is fiction. For you, it is myth. For you, there is no word. There is no come word. You need your own come. You need your own come out of the boat. Because if you don't get your own come, you are going to be walking on your own. You are going to be on your own. And if there's anything that happens in Christendom, people use what happened to so and so. And they use it as a class action. God, if you look through scripture, God does not do this class action thing where you know because it has happened to one it just happens to uh, others automatically no we all have to engage god personally that is why it is possible for a peter to walk on water when there were other people in the boat and all the other people did not walk in the water so then you need to come out of the boat based on a personal instruction. So where I'm going with this this morning is this. When we are talking about faith, for faith not to be fictioned for you, you have to take things personal. You have to let your dealing with God leave the general sense. You have to let your dealing with God leave the sense where we are working with God as a group. You now start working with God as an individual. You remember when Jesus met that lady at the, at the well? Jesus said, you are worshipping what you don't know. He, Jesus said, look, for you, this thing is a myth. For you, there is no relationship between you and this God. You are just coming, they are saying two months, like two years. You have not sat down to make it personal. Because until it becomes personal, it doesn't become effective. You have to personalize it. You have to make it yours. Every promise of the Bible is seemingly general until you take it and personalize it and take it out of the realm of it happened to them that it comes to the realm that you receive it so that it can happen to you. You have to take it like what Mary did and said, be it unto me, not unto us. Be it unto me according to your word. So faith does not have to be foolish. Faith does not have to rely on facts alone. Faith does not have to be fiction. And in that fiction, what makes faith fiction is because people leave it on the third party level. It happened to so and so. No. You have to take it and take it away from that third party level and bring it to the first person. To me now. 
I read the word of God myself. I stay on the word of God myself. I meditate on the word of God myself. When I get scriptures from, from church, like when, we, when we're talking about that, Ezekiel 20, 21, 27, I read it myself. I spend time on it. I look at it. I internalize it myself. I let God tell me something that he didn't tell every other person. I make it personal. Because if I don't make it personal, I can say it like everybody is saying it, but it will not happen to me. You remember the story of Gerazai and Elisha? There was a guy that was dead. And Elisha told him, go and wake him up. And the boy, Gerazai goes. And Elisha gave him his office staff. Go and lay it on him. Go and lay man to go and lay something on him. You know, this is what I'm holding. This is the carry power. He went and it didn't work. He came back. He says, the child waketh not. Because it doesn't work like that. You need to have relations. It's not magic. Many of the times when people will relate with God, they relate with him like magic. No. The thing that really makes anything work in, in, the, in the kingdom of God is the personal touch. Is the personal effect. Is when you come. That's why when Jesus wants to pray, Jesus will say something like this. Father, I thank you because you always hear me. He didn't say I thank you because you always hear everybody. Because yes, he hears everybody, but he knows that the, part, the relationship he has with this person he's talking to is different from a general relationship. And it's not because he's Jesus, the son of the living God. It's just because he has engaged it. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to leave this place this morning and ask yourself, the faith that I say I have concerning that thing I'm believing God for, is this foolish? Concerning what I'm saying I'm believing God for, is it, am, am, am I basing everything on facts? Or am I basing it on fiction? Is there a word, a solid word to me from the word of God that I'm holding on that is my anchor, that I'm standing on that is my uh, 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 go-to word on this matter? Because if you don't have that, what is going to happen to you is what happened to Peter. And the Bible said he began to sink. I pray for you this morning eh, that in every area where you are sinking, God lifts you out in the name of Jesus. You begin to rise above the current level in the name of Jesus. I want us to bow down our heads and now talk to talk to God. The Bible said there is something that overcomes the world. It says it's our faith. Meaning that there are always things to overcome. So that's why our faith has to be solid. That's, how, that's why we need to know how to operate the God kind of faith. And the God kind of faith is not foolish. The God kind of faith is not based on fact. Especially the God kind of faith is not fiction. It's not myth. It's not just something that happened to somebody. It's something that you believe you receive a word personally from God for you. I want you to tell God and say, Father, help me.